we begin a new sermon series called Brand New. But it's not brand new in the way that you would normally think about it because I don't know about you, there are some ways and things in life that just work. And no matter how the world tries to change and no matter what innovations and technology comes to pass, there are things that just work. Does anybody still have a vinyl, vinyl records? Anybody still have? You know, there are some things that you cannot get on a, on, a, on, a, on a computer or on a tablet or a phone or any other kind of device or on your iTunes or anything else when you just hear it on a record, right? Anybody ever use, anybody use like a, a, hard, a planner, like a, not on your phone or your technology, but you still write in a planner? Why? Because it still works. We've tried to do it a thousand different ways, and, and for some of us it works, but for some of us it doesn't. They're just things that work. And no matter how much the church has changed over the last 2,000 years, there are still things that are foundational to what it means to be a Christ follower and what it means to be the church. And sometimes in churches, what we do has gotten so far away from what Jesus intended that I think we need to revisit some of the basics. And so over the next few weeks, that's what we're going to do. We're going to review some of the basics and remind ourselves some of the things that really never go out of style when it comes to our faith and what God has called us to do. The first one of those things that we're going to talk about this morning is love. Now, love gets a bad rap because when we talk about love in a hard, fast-paced, vulnerable, edgy world that we live in today, I hear many people tell me we just don't understand how love has a place to play. It's too hard. The world's too hard. But I want to tell you today that I believe if there is ever a time in which the unconditional love of God is needed more than any other moment, it is today. And that's part of the conversation I want us to have. So the passage we're going to read from is, is John chapter 13. We're going to read the last, we're going to read verses 34 and 35. So if you've got your old tech with you, you can take it out. Or your, your phones, open up your apps, whatever you need to do to be able to do that. We're reading out the common English version of the Bible. And Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, I give you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. So you also must love each other. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. Let us pray. God, to hear these words, to love, to love one another, God, we say them so many times. God, my fear is, is that we've lost the value in the word love. We throw it around. We use it in so many different contexts and so many different ways that, God, we lose this depth of who you call us to be in your love. Give us a moment today to mine deeper into it, to experience your grace and your presence here and allow your Holy Spirit to take what we talk about, to speak to each one of us in a way that can change our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, a little bit about how we read Scripture. We, in many churches and in many times, it can be really easy to take a couple of verses out of the Bible and preach from them a message that is great and important and is, can be really relevant to our lives. What you have to always remember is that those verses are put within a larger text for a reason. 
Because sometimes when Jesus says something or the Bible says something, it, it takes the whole passage to give it context so that we can understand. So if we're going to read verses 34 and 35 about Jesus giving the commandment to love, I just want to remind you about what the rest of chapter 13 was about. In John chapter 13, the first 11 verses, Jesus is talking about washing the disciples' feet. And for those of you who are familiar with the text, this is when Peter says, don't just wash my feet, wash all of me. And, and Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, then you cannot be one of mine. Then after the foot washing moment, Jesus talks about what it means to be sent out into the world. Not just in a moment of individual service, but as a people and as disciples going out in the world to serve. And then in 21 through 30, Jesus talks about the betrayal that he's going to experience and how that will play itself out. And then after that moment, he talks about the commandment to love. So what I want you to understand is that when Jesus tells us to love one another, he is talking about it in the context of washing of feet of the disciples, of what it means to do that as a people, that in relationship and in love there's going to be disappointment, betrayal, and hurt, and yet we are still called to love and to be fully present. Now, before we talk about love and God, I, I want to make a distinction for you. In the church... When we talk about loving one another, we talk about actions. What do we do to love? How do we love? Well, if you love someone, you do this, and you do this, and you do this, and this is what you do. This is how you do that. And that's really good. Behavioral modification is a part of what we talk about. How do we change our behavior to love more like Jesus calls us to love? Now, what the danger of that is, is that when we live from a place of imitating behaviors, we lose the essence of what God teaches us. Then we go around going, well, what should I do? If I love somebody, it should look like this. Or maybe if I don't really love them, then what, what should I, how should I treat them as if I love them? And, and maybe if I'm not really sure about it all, how can I pretend or mimic how I see other people love? But God doesn't call us to live a faith as if we love people. God calls us to love. Because God does not just do things to love us. God is love. I want, I want you to say that. God is love. God isn't doing things to love us because it's what he should do. God isn't doing things to love us because those are the rules that he set for us. God can't do anything else but love because God is love at its very core. This morning I got up and I was heartbroken because I had run out of coffee. And while I believe that Jesus offers us the, the water of life, I think there are only certain places that can give us the nectar of life. And as I sat there running late for church to get here this morning, I watched the coffee beans being ground and turned into what would ultimately get me through this morning with a smile on my face. No, that's Jesus. I'm sorry. I'll get an email about that. I'm sorry. Jesus gets me through. This just makes it better. No, no, it's not right. I can't get it right. So we'll stop there. But my whole point is, 
that, that out of coffee beans, you're going to get coffee, and you're not going to get orange juice, you're not going to get strawberry, you're not going to get anything else but coffee. Whenever we think about love, God is love, so the only thing that's going to come forth from God is love. Whenever we are called to be Christians and called to be Christ's followers, we are called, just like the disciples were called into that moment, to lay their lives in Jesus' hands, in the, in the embodiment of the, the foot washing, right? That's what happened. Jesus came around to serve the disciples and for them to put the good and the dirty into his hands and so that he could wash and welcome them into the family of God, into the household of God. God calls us to do the same thing because what God wants us to do, what God wants to do in us is not change our behavior but to transform our essence, God doesn't want to go around going, well, you need to do this and this, and this is how you should do it, and this is how we should do that. What God wants to do is to change our essence into love so that whatever we do, it will be love. So that we don't go around acting as if, or to pretend, or to mimic, but that there is love growing within us in such a way that it's the only thing that we can do is to love. God wants us to become like him, to allow that essence to be transformed. So when you think about your relationship with God, it is not reading the scriptures to learn the rules. It is learning to have a relationship with God so that God transforms you from the inside out so that all that can come out of your life is love. Whether it is to your best friend, whether it is to your spouse, whether it is to your children, whether it is to your enemies, whether it is to those who betray you, that no matter what happens in your life, in those moments, the only thing that can come forth is love because that is what your relationship with God is filling you with. If you want to know how to love someone else, you can't give people what you don't have. You'll only give them what you're capable of experiencing for yourself. Now, the truth of the matter is, we're all on this journey together. But it's not an easy journey. I came across this saying this week. It, it really kind of spoke to me. It said, we're all just walking each other home. You know, I, I thought about that. You know, what Jesus wanted, let's, can we leave it up there, please? What Jesus wanted whenever he came to the disciples and wanted to wash their feet, he wanted them to understand that if they would put all of who they were in his hands, that they would learn who they truly were. You see, Jesus was walking the disciples home to their true selves. They had forgotten. They had fallen asleep in their own life. They no longer knew who they truly were. They only knew what they had experienced in their families. They only knew what they had experienced in their life up to that moment. They only knew what the faith and the church at that time and the temple had taught them. And all he wanted to do was to have them put their lives in his hands so that he could walk them home to their true selves. When we come along in the church, that's what we do. When, I, when we ask you to join a life group, when we want you to develop spiritual friendships, when we invite you to come to the church, what this is isn't a place where we come and compare and judge one another. What this is is a place where we come together as a community where we're all walking each other home to who God created us to be, beautiful, worthy, 
accepted. Now, we're not going to be perfect at it. Sometimes we don't know because love isn't what's been grown inside of us. Sometimes it's pain that's grown inside of us. And so sometimes in giving love, we don't know any better. All we can give is pain because that's all we were ever given. So we come here knowing that we're not going to love perfectly, but we know that if we put our life in Jesus' hands, that, that Jesus will walk us along the road to more of who we truly are. And sometimes when we're together as people of faith, because sometimes we love really well and sometimes we don't love each other really well. Sometimes we hurt one another and disappoint one another and betray one another because that's what's grown inside of us. But the more Jesus walks us home to our true selves and the more we walk alongside one another, the more we get a chance to grow together. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, we're going to walk home to our true selves, but truthfully, we're also walking home to Jesus. You know, that puts so much in perspective for me. That really does. You are walking alongside me as I make my way to heaven. You are walking alongside me as I'm making my way back into the arms of Jesus. You know, we may disagree right now. We may be having the greatest time right now. This may be the most difficult moment in our lives right now, but you know what? This isn't the last moment. And right now, you get to walk alongside me as we make our way to Jesus again. You know, sometimes we get so caught up and so wrapped up in the moment and in the urgency and the immediacy, we lose perspective. What Jesus wanted his disciples to know, he says, listen, we're all walking each other home. None of us are getting out of this earth alive. All of us are moving on to eternity, and we're all on our way there together. Some of us are going to stumble. Some of us are going to fall. Some of us in our own pain are going to hurt other people, and some of us are going to be wounded by other people. But we're all still walking each other home. There's no escape in that. What I want you to know and to experience in what we do here at Argyle United Methodist Church is that we believe in the powerful, life-changing, world-transforming love of God. We believe that God is always inviting us back into our authentic selves, into who he truly created us to be. And we know that the way that happens is through putting our lives, the good and the dirty, in Jesus' hands and allowing him to walk us back to remember who we really are, to wake up to that again, because for some of us, we've never known it, and we want to. And as we wake up to ourselves, and as we live in a community that loves us and walks us along that journey, then we have the opportunity to go out into a world that has fallen asleep, to go out into a world that has forgotten that the greatest commandment that we have is to love, to, that has forgotten where true hope and true mercy and justice reside. And we get to go out as people who are waking up to ourselves and our relationship with God and to help wake up other people to the truth of God's love, the truth of grace and the truth of hope in Jesus Christ. When I go out to soccer fields and sporting events, I see people who've fallen asleep. When I walk the aisles at the grocery store, I see people who've fallen asleep. They've forgotten. Sometimes there are days I get up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I even forget sometimes. But I come here and y'all help me remember. So what I want you to believe and to know and to, believe and to think about in the days and weeks to come is, is where you are in your journey with God. Because you're never not in that journey because God's always with you. 
And do you want to know who you really are? Do you want to wake up to the true life and the abundant living that God wants for you? Do you want to experience what it means to walk back into your true self and to know a part of you that you have maybe forgotten from the very earliest times in your lives? God wants to do that. God gives us the scriptures as the greatest love letter of what that can do and look like in your life. And it can look differently for every one of us. And not only can you do that in your own life, but maybe this is a moment in which you can be a part of a study or a group or a a Bible study or a life group or a community of people who are walking each other home and experiencing that same kind of journey as well. Because here it's not about image. It's not about what you ought to look like. It's about who you really are and what your walk really looks like. And to love each other along that way. Sometimes, church people, we struggle at it. We lose perspective. And sometimes we we hurt people just as much as the world does. But that's a part of a church waking up to itself. So maybe there's a place for you in your life that spending more time in the Scripture, spending more time in God's presence, and learning more about that can help you wake up. Maybe being in a community of people that are committed to to living out life together is important to you. And it's not going to be perfect, but nothing ever is. But you live into that, and then you wake up to that together. And then maybe there's an opportunity in which you're out in the world and in your life, and then you begin to see how asleep people are, and you can invite them to know the love of God. I want to share something secret here. There's a plan afoot. One of the reasons we invest so much in children and youth in our church is we want them to wake up to themselves. We want them to remember who God created them to be, and we want them to know from the very earliest of ages. Because honestly, I didn't know it until I was later in life how much God really loved me. I didn't really know what it meant until I was an adult to wake up to who God created me to be. I didn't know until after I had gone through high school and gotten out into the world what it meant to live in a community and to be supported by people who would hold me accountable and love me. I didn't know what it was like to give my life in service to God and to see God manifest greatness in that. Not my personal greatness, but greatness for Him. And we don't want our kids to have to wait that long. We want them to learn from the earliest of ages all the way up. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for loving God. Thank you for loving this church. Thank you for loving your children and your youth. And thank you for loving yourself enough to give yourself the moment to know God's love for you. Because it is only when we place our hands and our feet and all of who we are into Jesus' life and love that God can do his greatest works. Let us pray. God, thank you for the light of your love that shines into our lives. Thank you for the invitation to remember who we are, to wake up to our life in you, and to be able to see the fullness of what that is, to have a foretaste of what it means to be loved and accepted and received unconditionally, and to live into a world of of hatred and anger, of greed and anxiety and fear, and to be able to stand in the midst of that And to not be swayed because we're grounded in you. God, thank you for the grace that it takes to be in relationship to one another. Thank you for the grace it takes to forgive ourselves when we betray ourselves and forget who we are and fall asleep. God, help give us the grace to take the next step, to make the next relationship, and to continue to grow in our service to you. Not only for the sake of our own souls, but for the sake of the world. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen.